Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. This is the St. Longinus' Baptism Podcast Channel. This is rant number two, the title of which is called Hate Porn. Now, you guys are probably not un, uh, not familiar with the term hate porn. My definition of hate porn, and pretty much, as far as I know, I'm the only one who uses this term. Hate porn is where you will... You will take the most obvious example of a person or an institution that you disagree with, and you'll do, you know, if you have a YouTube channel or if you're a podcaster, you will do a segment depending on however long you want it to go, and you will just basically rant and rail about the hypocrisies, the failures of whatever it is you're criticizing. Now, the reason I call it hate porn is the people who subscribe to your channel and everybody's an individual. So I don't want to, you know, say it's everybody, but the most of the people that listen to you know to this stuff they get all fired up and yeah he's right he's right now i have um two uh criticisms of this what of hate porn number one is you're talking about the obvious to the people who actually understand whatever topic it is you're going on about. If it's a politician or if it's a, you know, um, if it's the U.S. government or if it's uh, religion. Um, you know, if, these, if, if the topic is familiar with the people listening to it, Basically, you're just ranting and railing about things that they already know about. And in line with that remark, um, basically, at least in present era, and it's probably always been this way, um, there's nothing you can do to change the situation. But I will... I will get on to that a little later in this rant. The second, um, the second criticism I have of this method is um, the second criticism I have of this method is that um, Well, I guess I guess the last part of my first criticism is my second criticism. And that is basically you're not going to change anything. You know, it may give you as a podcaster or whatever a sense of satisfaction that you let off some steam. But at the end of the day, uh, given the circumstances and um, the, the, uh, the type of people in America – you're not going to change anything. And I know this from firsthand experience. Um, once again, I'm going to keep this in the American perspectives. Um, one of the criticisms of Americans as a people are, is we talk a lot of smack, but when, when, when the rubber hits the road, we sit on our thumbs and, you know, we don't do nothing. Um, I think that that's, that's a fair criticism. Uh, and and on the nose for the majority of Americans. Uh, by the way, once again, 
This is not a broad brush. I'm saying in the majority of cases, I realize that there are actual Americans who keep their word and mean what they say and say what they mean. But these people are rarer than a person who is clothed being in a nudist colony. Okay. So there's that. As I said before, this, the, what I call hate porn, this kind of thing goes on it, wherever you, wherever you find podcasts. And it's not just limited to the political sphere. Um, although in this particular rant, I'm going to be talking about uh, a political commentator that, um, well, I don't want to get too too far ahead of myself, but this this particular political commentator, I I agree with him a hundred percent. So, but it's it's just not politics, you know. It also deals with religion. Now, I want to touch on the religion part. I know that in past episodes, I've criticized both True Restoration Radio and Norvis Ordo Watch. Now, I want to qualify what I'm about ready to say. I still consider these two podcast channels to be excellent sources of set of a contest uh, theology, especially True Restoration Radio. Um... My criticism of True Restoration Radio is it's too inside baseball. It Its premise seems to be, and I'm also going to be honest enough to admit, I've listened uh, only to, I think, four, the fourth or f- fifth season of True Restoration Radio. But that's, it's not because I reject their content. It's just, I can't afford a subscription to their, you know, because they're behind a paywall. So the stuff I've been listening to is at least five years old. Um, I just, if, if I had the money, I would buy a subscription because I do find their content invaluable. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it's informed me about traditional Catholicism. It's been a, a godsend, a blessing. Having said that, though, my criticism of True Restoration Radio is it is too inside baseball. Um, they use... Uh, I said this in a previous episode. The, the Dewey Rames Bible basically was the traditional Bible for Catholics before Vatican II. After Vatican II, um, the Vatican II church went Protestant, which doesn't surprise anybody, but then they started having multiple Bibles. Before Vatican II, there were other Bibles besides the Dewey Rames, but basically for the average Catholic, the Dewey Rames was the Bible of choice. And as I've said earlier, as I've said earlier, that um, the Dewey Rames is written in 16th century English. So names like Isaiah, um, Isaiah and Messiah and um, Malachi and other, you know, just basically some of the names of the books in that Bible are written in 15th century English. So let's just say that you were interested in becoming said of a contest and you had no idea about the Dewey Rames, and you tune into True Restoration Radio, and they're calling the Messiah the Messiah, 
you're going to be scratching your head saying, what are they talking about? What's this Messiah they're talking about? And by the way, when I say this, I'm saying this from an honest perspective because um, I started listening to Two Restoration Radio and Norvis Ordo Watch when I was researching sedimentism. And then I, you know, when I'd actually purchased the Dewey Rames Bible, I'd never owned one in the past. I realized, oh, okay, these are the pronunciations for the Bible. Now, I know I've said this in a previous episode, but that kind of thing is good if you're talking to other set of accountants. They get the, they get the context. It's horrible if you're trying to get new converts. It's absolutely horrible. Which brings me to a subsection of this criticism I have with True Restoration Radio. And basically, that criticism is, um, they... I've listened, like I said, I've listened up to season four, maybe season five. I, I believe at last count they have 10 seasons, but I've listened up to season five. The material that I've heard, and I've pretty much listened to like 90% of their broadcasts, is geared toward Catholics. It's absolutely geared toward Catholics. Now, once again, I'm going to go back to my my other criticism. If you're if you're trying to um, proselytize to a Norvis Ordo type, and you're using the Dewey Dewey Rames English for pronunciations of books in the Bible. And they've never seen a Dewey Rames Bible. You're going to confuse them. I know because I was in the Vatican II church before I became a set of a contest. And because I'd never picked up a Dewey Rames, I had no idea anyway. But it, it seems geared toward Catholics. Because they use a lot of Catholic terms intermittently and... Um, if you're a Protestant, if you're an atheist, if you're a pagan and you're totally cold on Catholic theology and concepts, you're not going to understand a lot of what they're talking about because they're talking in Catholic terms. They're not even making an attempt to reach out be beyond uh, a Catholic audience. Now, having said that, um, if that's their mission, you know, just to talk to, to, to Norvis Ordo types and um, get them to convert to set of a contism, well, and, and beyond all that, um, it's, their, it's their platform. They can do whatever they want. However, um, I find that they're limiting themselves if they're trying to do prot proselytism. They're limiting themselves. And it's, you know, as, as true Catholics, we're not supposed to, you know, limit ourselves. But I'm not going to get into that. Uh, the second channel, Norvisorto Watch, my criticism with them is their hate porn. They're absolutely hate porn. Because the guy is a set of a contest. He knows that Vatican II is legitimate. Yet, whenever he does a, a podcast on whatever abuses occurred that week or criticizing Pope Francis, or I'm sorry, quote unquote, I'm going to call him the heretic in chief Francis, the heretic in chief Francis, he, he literally sounds like a, a Norvis Ordoite who came to the realization that the heretic in chief is a heretic. You know, they're just coming to the realization and all of a sudden they're shocked and outraged. Okay. 
That's why I call it hate porn, because anybody who's who's familiar with Catholic theology already knows that, you know, and, and, and to be fair to Norvis Watch, when I was on Twitter in 2019, I was telling Norvis Catholics, hey, Francis is just the fruit of Vatican II. He's the logical, he's the logical expression of Vatican II. I don't know why you're upset and I don't know why you're shocked. And basically, people just ignored me. So, anyway, I, I just, I, I find, I, I don't like hate porn as, as my bottom line. I absolutely despise hate porn because you're not, you're not telling anything that anyone already knows, and you're not offering a solution to the problem, which in this case is Vatican II, and really, barring an act of God, there is no solution. However, instead of ranting and railing of the you know blatant heresies and blasphemies that come out of that fake church, what about trying to get people into set the set of the contest movement and teaching them how to be good Catholics. There's the solution. As a matter of fact, this is why I started this podcast. Um, having consumed a lot of uh, podcasts since 2017, I realized that a lot of people are ignorant now, some of it is their fault because they're not educating themselves, but some of it is pers uh, on purpose. Um, the Masons who run this country, and by the way, when I use the word Masons, I'm not, I'm not saying these people may, may actually be actual 32-degree Masons, but they're Masonically influenced and may not be aware of it. But the people, the Masonically, the Mace, the Masonic people who run this country and the world, quite frankly, they have purposely dumbed down the generations. So, yes, it's it, if a person's ignorant, it's partially their fault because, you know, you should be educating yourself. You should actually be reading books, but it's not their fault in the sense that they're purposely being misled and um, ill-taught, which, by the way, I've talked about in previous podcasts. Now, Excuse me. I wish I had a cough button like a professional podcaster, but I don't. <clears throat> so I've I've covered the politics. I'm sorry. I've covered the religion hate porn. Now I'm going to co to cover the hate porn in politics. Because before I de I came to the realization that there are no political solutions for our society and our government. There are only that our problems are spiritual problems. I thought the problems could be solved politically. And so I was consuming a lot of political content to hear what other people were saying. And there are certain channels that like Norvis Order watch. That's all they do is they'll take, um, from a right wing perspective, they'll they'll take the 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 stupid crap that a, a Democratic Party or progressive say or do, point out their hypocrisies, um, and some of the smarter ones will point out that you think that they're stupid, but no, they're actually not stupid. They're doing this on purpose. And then from the left wing perspective, it's the same thing. You know, they'll concentrate on Donald Trump or Mitch McConnell and the Republicans and, you know. Oh, and while I'm at it, 
while I'm at it. Pointing out the blasphemies and the heresies that come out of the Vatican II sect, and especially from the heretic-in-chief Francis, to me, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, it's, it's, it couldn't get any easier if you took candy from a baby. It couldn't. And for that matter, on the political side, pointing out the hypocrisies and the, um, and the lies and the uh, lack of integrity from our politicians. And basically, you know, and I've been saying this for years. There's no difference between a Democrat and Republican. As far as I'm concerned, the, the U.S. political parties are a lie pre, pre-agreed to before it started. And I, I probably could have put it more ele- uh, uh, elegantly, but um, if you have consumed my podcast, you're going to, you know, you do realize I'm about as articulate as articulate as a um, dyslexic stutterer. Okay. Um, as the younger generation say, it is what it is. Um, but like I said, you know, doing this kind of thing, you know, serves no purpose. If you don't have a solution, if you don't have an ulterior means, then you're just getting people riled up for no good purpose. And what brings me to this rant, and I know I realize we're 20 minutes into this, is in, in my second episode, I listed two podcasters at, that I really... They're, they're my spirit animal, basically. And one of those podcasters is on YouTube, and he's called Don the Pleb. And um, if you want to get the background on Don the Pleb, go listen to, to episode two. And basically, it's like 15 minutes long. If you can't spare 15 minutes, well, I don't know what to say for you. But basically, he's a political YouTuber that once I got a feel for him as a podcaster and for his political philosophy, it's, um, it has been said that women know the, the person they want to sleep with at first glance. And I'm trying, I'm trying to uh, church it up. I, d- I don't want to get crude, but you know, if if you've been around, you probably heard that. And if you haven't, you're blessed. But I ran in some pretty rough circles back in the day. Well, the same thing is true with a podcaster. It just depends on you know what type of person you are, what your <clears throat> what your personality is like, but. When once I start getting a feel for his political philosophy, the type of you know his background or whatever, I realize that this guy, yeah, he's legit. And every time he put out a video, I listened until I came to the realization in 2021 that our, po- our problems are not political; they're spiritual. Having said that, um, I have not been consuming his content in 2021. I've been concentrating on the spiritual end of things. And I wanted to take care of that. But in in this video, he talked about another political uh, YouTuber that I had listened to. Now, as I said, he and I, you know, 
our, our political philosophy pretty much mirrored each other. Now, he did not make it a habit of criticizing this particular YouTuber on a daily basis. He didn't do the hate porn thing. But every once and again, you know, the guy, uh, the other, the other political commentator would say something so outrageously stupid that, you know, he would, he would get mad and he would, he would do a rant about this, you know, telling people, yeah, this guy, he's, he's playing you. He's a grifter. Stop listening to him. And we're, we're talking 2019. Okay. 2019-2020. Okay. And by the way, for the politically initiated, for the uh, political commentators on YouTube, this, this, this particular commentator's faults and weaknesses were common knowledge to anybody who had a knowledge of American politics and knowledge of this guy, you know, they'd consumed his content with a discerning eye. There's a difference, by the way, in consuming content and having a discerning eye. You could consume content and unless you're discerning, you know, everything that that commentator is saying, oh yeah, he's right on. But if you have a discerning eye, you're going to know you're going to be knowledgeable in the subject in which you're talking about. And you're going to, wait a minute. No, this ain't right. This ain't right. Anyway. Well, this is back in 20, 2019. 2020. And so when Dom the Pleb did a, this was recent, like last weekend. He did a video on this particular YouTuber. And when I saw the title, I'm figuring something bad must have happened to this political YouTuber and he wants to comment on it. But within five minutes, I could tell that, you know, that it was, it was uh, the same old, same old. That basically this particular political commentator was saying stupid stuff that, you know, is absolutely annoying to him. And he wanted to get it off his chest. Now, before anybody gets it twisted, I'm not criticizing Tom the Plug for this. And the reason I'm not criticizing for him is he doesn't often do the political rants. He doesn't often do it. He just basically sticks to the news of the day and various other subjects political that he covers. But when I was listening, when I was listening to this video, I was concentrating less on what Don, you know, Don to me was pointing out things that I had realized back in 2018, you know, by 2018, I knew that this guy, um, if he's, if he's speaking out of ignorance, um, the fact that he's got a million listeners is a sad commentary on today's society. If he's saying this stuff, knowingly uh, being false knowingly then he's a scumbag and needs to be stepped on but either way it's not good but anyway I I, I, I wasn't so much listening to Don's criticisms because like I said we agreed I was listening to what he said now I just admitted in 2021, I quit consuming political podcasts. And by the way, I still am. The only reason I clicked on Don the Pleb's video was because um, it, it mentioned this other podcaster. 
And I thought, you know, because I'd been out of the loop for a year, I thought something had happened. But anyway, I was listening to this guy. And I, a flood of memories came running back to me. Now, I didn't start doing a podcast until November of this year. But back in 2018, I remember when I would listen to this guy with a discerning eye, not as a general listen, how aggravated and upset I used to get listening to him. And by the way, he got to a point in his shallowness that I, I had to stop listening to him. You know, I had to stop listening to him because... Um, you know, he, his, 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 uh, his faults were glaring, which brings me to my ultimate point. And yes, I know it took me 30 minutes to get here. Uh, if, if you're a new viewer, just get used to the fact that I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, and it takes me some time to get to where I'm going. If that's an issue for you, I don't know what to tell you. You don't have to listen. But it brought me... It, it brought me to this point. And I wanted to make a comment. Or I'm sorry, I wanted to make a rant video talking about this phenomena. Now... The there are two types of people in the political sphere. There are basically normies, and basically normie is internet slang for somebody who basically leads their day-to-day -day existence with their head up their butt and, and has no absolutely no clue of what's going on around them. And then there's the informed political people. But where the informed political people fall short, the majority of them, uh, said of the contests, um, one, one, one of the things that I really admire about the set of the contests um, people is that They, I thought I had the political situation pretty much sussed out before I joined set of accountism or attempt, um, attempting to join right now, but I didn't because they actually see the political system for what it is. Okay. And so for the, for the uh, informed political person who's not a set of a contest or traditional Catholic or a neo-traditional uh, Catholic, um, they look at what's going on in our political system and they say, oh, well, the commies, the commies are pulling the strings or uh, the world economic forms pulling the strings and and they're 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 missing the forest for the trees because basically the people who are calling the shots are the masons now as i said in the um as i said in a earlier episode not every po us politician is a 30 32nd degree Mason. That would be an impossibility. I mean, we're talking what? Um, 535 members of Congress. That they would all be 32nd degree Masons would just be an impossibility. I don't know. Maybe they are. But if they are, the Masons have definitely lowered their standards. You know. Um, but anyway... So what I say is, 
is the Masons that a lot of the people high up in our government are actual Masons or, or they are Masonically influenced. In other words, there are a lot of ideas. There are a lot of ideas about Masonry that have become so widespread in our culture that we just accept them as they are. A fish in water doesn't know it's in water. So they don't know the origins of where this stuff is coming from. And as far as the communist thing goes, I like to say that basically the communist movement was just the political arm of the Masons. Now, to give you a little background, basically the Masonic large lodges, they have a philosophy it's very naturalistic. Basically, they want to make human beings God and the actual God, they, they want to dethrone him. They want to make human beings God. And they were formed in their, you know, in, um, they, they, they became an organization in the 1700s and they formed lodges. And basically, the Masons, they formed these lodges basically to destroy the Catholic Church. Now, I want to make, I, I make something clear here. I'm talking about the real Catholic Church. The Vatican II Church, that's actually... Infiltrated marks, uh, I'm sorry, infiltrated Masons got into the Catholic Church, and when they gained enough power, they called the Vatican II Council in order to weaken and destroy the actual Catholic Church. But I digress. These guys wanted to destroy the Catholic Church. And I think at a certain point, Um, the Masons themselves, they were after the destruction of the Catholic Church, but then they started sending their agents of influence into political parties. You know, because any good strategist, he's not going to attack on one front. He's going to attack on several fronts. So... You know, any any political strategist worth their salt, or I'm sorry, any strategist worth their salt. Oh, I wanna I wanna destroy the power of the Catholic Church. Well, one area of attack is politics. So you're gonna send your agents of influence in, into political parties to do that. Um you're gonna send your political agents inside the church. To, to destroy them from within, and so on and so on. But basically, um, basically, the Masons within the Communist Party basically helped shape their platform. And basically, they, you know, because it is a secret society. And one little note here. I know I'm being autistic. That's just my nature. I've heard neo-Catholics say, Oh, oh, the Masons. They're, they're the guys in the little red cars with the funny hats. That's, that's purposely being stupid. That if, if, you, if you're calling yourself a traditional Catholic and you're saying that stupid crap... I, I'm not going to give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. You know better. You know better. And you're a lying piece of crap. There's, let me put it to you this way. When they, when they say the, the older gentleman driving the little cars with the funny hats, 
Those are Shriners. And I've covered this on a previous podcast. The Shriners are to uh, uh, masonry what a basic training recruit is to a combat Green Beret who has uh, three or more uh, combat tours under his belt. That's as simply as I can put it. So anyway, I think that they came to the realization that, and, and by the way, we as moderns, we tend to think of, well, what's going to happen in five minutes? In older times, you know, be, uh, before the 20th century, most people thought in terms of years. The Masons are no, no different. Basically, they decided not only are we going to destroy the Catholic Church, but we're just going to destroy belief in an actual God. And we're going to, you know, we're going to substitute our philosophy for God. Anyhow. I'm I'm getting a little off point. The reason why I say there's no political solution is because, and this was another thing that surprised me when I found out. I mean, I'd heard I'd heard things, but um, quite frankly, I was too lazy to verify them. That most of the founders of the United States and most of the people in the founding government of the United States were actual Masons. Benjamin Franklin was a Mason. Uh, George Washington was a Mason. And, be, and because Masonry was, or I'm, I'm sorry, is a secret society, there were probably more founders who were actually Masonic, but... They just flew under the radar and it never got caught. That's generally how things work. But um, to those well-versed in masonry, um, you know, their, their philosophy and their workings, our constitution is set up for failure. It was set up for failure. Okay, um, and see, here's the thing. A lot of people are ignorant about American history. I don't claim to be an expert by any stretch of the imagination. I wouldn't claim to be an expert, but I have a general overall knowledge of U.S. history. Um, I, I, will, I will go on record as saying if Abe Lincoln was not a actual Mason, he was definitely Masonically influenced because basically he, he was the prototype for today's politician. He started out as a lobbyist for a railroad company, got elected to the Illinois state house. And then um, the new Republican party decided to run him as, as, as a presidential candidate. But if you read about some of the things that he did in his, um, in his presidency, he suspended habeas corpus, which, by the way, is constitutional. Not, not suspending habeas corpus, but the whole idea of habeas corpus is in our Constitution. He suspended it. He jailed his political enemies. Anybody who was remotely critical of him, he either um, threatened them or he censored them or he actually put them in jail. He did all sorts of horrendous crap. Now, I tried to explain this to a buddy of mine who's, who's deep. He's deep in the normie uh, cognitive dissidence. And he, he told me, he said, 
well, the Constitution's not a not a death pack, bro. And I'm like, do you even hear yourself talk? Do you even hear yourself talk? The Constitution is the document that's supposed to be the founding of, or I'm sorry, not the founding. It's supposed to be the law of the U.S. government. Meaning that if you have integrity, if, if you, you know, I, I know government, uh, Political uh, politicians and integrity shouldn't be used in the same sentence. That is true. But anyway, if you're a politician with integrity, you don't break the ultimate law of the United States. You know, the dude's an atheist. And quite frankly, when I was telling him this, I wasn't really trying to live my faith. So I might as well have been an atheist. But he didn't want to hear it. You know, integrity in a politician. You know, po politicians are supposed to, to have integrity. The thought never even crossed his mind. So anyway, it's, it's getting late. So what I'm basically saying is, as long as... Well, basically, our country was founded on Masonic principles by Masons. And basically, um, the people running our country, if they're not out and out Masonic, they're Masonically influenced. So there's two prongs to this. Um, number one, as long as this is the case... We are never going to have a fair and just government. Not in any sense of the term. Not in the spiritual sense. Not in the secular sense. The second thing is. Is that we as people. As long as we're comfortable. You know doing whatever we want. Whenever we want with no higher reference than ourselves, what we want to do. And we don't have God as our, as, as, as our leader, our example, and um, the, the person we want to emulate. The, like I said, I've said this several times during my episode, you could elect... Uh, 565 of the most conservative or progressive, it doesn't matter, politicians that you want, within 20 years, we'd be back to the same. Be, 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 because we as human beings, we are subjective. You know, without God, without the Holy Ghost, we are subjective. God is objective. And basically, subjectivism means it changes with the circumstances and the time. Objective means it doesn't change at all. So, um, that's why uh, changing, you know, uh, affecting change in politics, it's a dead end. And... There's an adage. I'm going to close on this adage, actually. There, there's two adages, but the first adage is if you don't like the world around you, and by the way, this was quoted by a Catholic saint. I can't tell you who the saint was, but just put in this adage. It'll tell you which saint it was. Basically, it, he said that if you're unhappy with the world around you, change yourself first. And by the way, I've covered this concept on a couple of episodes, but I'm, I'm finding out that a lot of people, they're not starting from the beginning and working their way up. They're just clicking on whatever. And quite frankly, it's just the oddest in me. I should have thought of that, but I take nothing for granted. So I have talked about this concept. The second concept is, and 
it really goes along with the first concept is be the change you want to be. Okay. If you understand that a moral and just government needs God as its highest authority, well, you have to change yourself first so that you set the example and then work on getting more people, you know, proselytizing to other people to try, you know, to try to be set of a contest uh, because um, I'm not going to assume everybody has listened to my previous content. Um, there's only one path to heaven. And just to make it clear, for those of you who don't know what set of contism is, it's the Catholic Church prior to Vatican II. We don't recognize the Vatican II Council as legitimate, and we do not recognize any of the clergy and popes um, after uh, Pius XII died in 1958. But... If you, if you view, if you want to change society, change yourself first is the bottom line. Okay. So that's, that's pretty much the end of my rant. Um, maybe I should name my episodes something different. <laughs> you know, to me, a rant is like five, 10 minutes tops and mine tend to run almost an hour. But anyway, I appreciate you listening. I understand that you don't have to listen, but if you did listen, I do appreciate it. I'm praying for you guys. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. You people have been chosen to reveal our existence to the world. You will witness what happens here today, and you will tell of it later.